Hi everybody and welcome to this episode of Tuxie TV and today I'm very honored to have uh, Prevail from the Swollen Members. Prevail, thanks for being on the show. My pleasure, brother. So uh, you guys are here in Moncton touring, part of your new tour. Uh, and you also have a new live album that just came out? Yeah, so live at the Fox Theatre in Boulder, which is one of my favorite places to play in the world. Um, always seems to be a great vibe. Obviously you've got so many campuses and college students and, and university students in Boulder, so the energy is always really up. Um, it was our first and only live album. We recorded that a couple years ago and just decided to put it out now. Um, to be totally honest, these guys are, are hard at work. While we're having fun doing the interview, these guys are sitting around laptops, my nephew and mad child picking out the colors for the, the, the vinyl press, finalizing the artwork, the scope and scale for, yeah. some, uh, for some other things, for the new uh, re-release of Balance for next year for, okay. for 2020, um, so, for 2019, sorry, so, uh, yeah, everyone else is working hard, I just get to come have fun and hang out with you guys, so thank so, you. Hey, our pleasure. Um, and what's the difference between... Like for the for you guys as far as having a live album release, is it different as far as the promotion, as far as the prep? Is it the same process? Uh, no, I think it's the same ideology and the same uh, applications go behind the medium, right? Mm -hmm. um, of course, though, uh, pressing vinyl—it's amazing. I, I've actually got to say, for for hip hop culture and DJing culture, um, they saved vinyl. And yeah. What, and what a beautiful thing, right? Um, so yeah, this is. I think it's going to be really cool. I actually, to be totally forthright, haven't heard the al the live album yet. Right. Uh, I'm waiting until it's on vinyl to like plunk it on at the, the house and, just, and, and listen to it how it should be heard. That's awesome. Yeah. So now uh, you guys are 10 plus albums deep, uh, 19 plus years. Um, now, who inspires you as far as in musically, creatively? Who who are people that you're looking at currently or, or you know as far as the process I'm just curious yeah I know that's a good question um, I, I still stay pretty anchored in my old school I'm still pretty heavy you know CCR America Billy Joel ACDC Aretha Franklin uh, Diana Ross and the Supremes like I've got a bit of that mix of, of blues rock soul music um, Motown R&B um, but I like some new cats too. I really like Leon Bridges. I like yeah, the, I love his last album a lot, and yeah. I like what his new album is doing. Uh, you know, Raphael Sadiq, obviously. Um, yeah, I'm pretty all over the board. I just, quite honestly, I, I just don't really listen to much rap music anymore. Right. Yeah, okay. I, I tend to draw my influence from, from outside of that. Okay. Now, um, I'm curious to hear it from you, but and maybe everyone watching too. Uh, tell me about the beginning. How did uh, Soul Members kind of start? How long is this episode? Well, I'll start in short. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here, I'll, I'll put it in a nutshell. Um, I moved to uh, Vancouver in 1993, just after I graduated with Mocha Only, who used to be in Swollen Members as well. We had a group called Split Sphere. This is actually the best way to say it. Okay. Mocha and I had a group called Split Sphere, and Mad Child was in a group called What the Hell. Um, when Mocha and I moved to Vancouver, <laughs> Sorry, that's me. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> that's Rob Viking calling me right okay, now. Yeah. Like, dude, I'm out back. <laughs> um, uh, I graduated, Mocha and I moved over to Vancouver. Uh, January, about December 1993, we were living at a B&B, uh, &B, like a bed and yeah. breakfast. And one of our guests, we had heard her on the phone talking to her husband in San Diego, saying, oh yeah, the place is done. Oh great, yeah, cool honey, okay. They were building a laneway house. Right. Well, who's going to move in? Oh, I don't know. And so Mocha and I said, hey, we'll move to San Diego. 
She said, okay, yeah, done. You guys got the place. Awesome. January comes around. We get on a train. We move to San Diego. The husband says, I don't know, you guys. You can't live here. So we end up, <laughs> we end up still living in San Diego through some universal energies. Right. Um, I, had, I stayed a little bit longer than Moke living down there. When I came back home, uh, I linked up with one of my homies because I needed a place to stay. I'd been living in California for seven months. Uh, so I sort of, you know, couch, uh, couch surfing for a little bit, came back, and he and I decided to drive down to this thing called the Walbra, which was in uh, Oregon. Okay. I was expecting to meet up with all my friends from San Diego. We get there, these are way pre-cell phone days, so we get there, plunk $85 into a pay phone to call down to California, uh, call up the homie, I'm like, yo, can I talk to Zeno? Zeno's wife answers the phone, yeah, hold on a second, yo, Z! Yo, no, Zeno, you're supposed to be in Portland. What, what's going on, Doc? <laughs> oh, yeah, man, wifey wouldn't let me leave the crib. I'm like, yo, me and my boy are sitting down here with nothing to do. So we decided to rip down to the Bay Area. On the way back, we're back. I, I, I'm not putting it in the nutshell version, but it's so important just to see how, <laughs> how, how, how the universe works. <laughs> we're, we had told his mom, we're driving a little Nissan Micra. We're, we had told his mom that we were going to Bellis Fair, which is just in Bellingham over the Canadian-Washington yeah. state border. As we're backing out of the parking lot, the, I hadn't quite closed my door. And there was an old school Ford F-150 or something with the big chrome chunky right. bumpers. And it just literally took the door of the Nissan Micra and went right through the where the locking mechanism was. Right. So the whole drive now, I'm trying to hold the door of this little car. We go to Berkeley, California, drop the car for the only mechanic that will take a car like that like right, right away and fix the door. And so we get the door fixed. Now we've already blown our, our cover. His mom <laughs> knows that we're no longer in Bellingham. We say, well, we're in, San, we're in the Bay Area. Might as well go to San Francisco, walk down Haight-Ashbury Street and just take it in. Right. Walk into Extra Large Store, which was owned by Beastie Boys at the time. Madchild was working there. He had moved to San, to San Francisco. You guys knew each other before? No. no. I knew we knew of each other, right. but we had never actually met. Okay. Hey, man, you're Madchild. Yeah, you're Prevail from Split Sphere. Cool, how's everybody? Yeah, I was living in San Francisco. I'm living in San Francisco, obviously. Yeah, I was living in San Diego. Da 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 da. Quick chit chat. Hey man, good luck with everything. He was actually on an underground ballot for the Bomb Magazine, most um, uh, dopest underground MC, like up and coming MC in the Bay Area. So I put my vote down for right. him, threw it in the ballot box. He gave me a bandana as a thank you. Nice. Shook hands. K bro, good luck with everything. Didn't even think too much of it. What? In, in hindsight, obviously, now it became a huge right. thing, but came back home, and about seven, eight months later, I walked into a house party, and he was there, and we literally, I'm sitting where Mad would have been sitting, you're sitting where I would have been sitting, and originally, there was about five or six MCs all kind of lined up, right? right? Everyone's all rapping in a cypher, and then slowly, you heard one less voice, one less voice, one less voice, one less voice, <laughs> and it just ended up being me and Mad Child. Not a battle, yeah. just a, and not a chest puffy bravado thing just right. to show of like oh you're skilled oh and I got another verse wow. for you too don't they right and I was freestyling he was spitting some stuff that he had written and we went for a walk to the store the next week we were in the studio and I was swollen members unreal yeah yeah wow huh. word up and just reflect on the history and stuff like that uh, we talked about that earlier uh, I first heard of you guys, uh, I used to own a snowboard shop, so of course the staple in any action sports stores, you watch the snowboard videos in the background, right? 
So, and I distinctly remember where my love for snowboarding is back in Mad Dog days, you know, talking about OG wow. snowboard videos. Yeah, for and sure. And then here, there's, you know, everyone's just going crazy and we can hear these, this kind of new type of hip hop, something we just haven't heard before. Mm-hmm. And it was essentially snow, uh, soul members. So I remember from Nixon Jib Fest, there was the Resistance. Anyways, a bunch Resistance, of snowboard. Yeah, yeah it, was uh, dope, dope. it was wicked. Right. And how did that come about? Is that was that more so you guys putting just music out there and getting picked up, or did you guys have a connection with the snowboard industry? Yeah, that? a little bit of both, really. Um, Mad uh, and, and Rob and Moke all grew up skateboarding. Right. Um, I was more of a I wouldn't even I wasn't a BMX guy. I just I tried skateboarding. I wasn't good at it, so yeah. I just rode a bike. <laughs> uh, but uh, love snowboarding. I've been snowboarding for probably I started late actually. I had the opportunity to kind of get going a little earlier in my life, but I was just, I think, maybe a little afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been snowboarding for about 26 years, I guess now, 20, 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um, no, less than that, actually. You know what? I didn't start till my 20s, but I've been snowboarding okay. for, I guess, about 20 years. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we live in BC, so we got Whistler right there, Absolutely. and what a great testing ground to see Absolutely. if you got the for sure. <laughs> aptitude for yeah. it. Um, but we just, it, it was also one of those cool times when rap music and hip hop culture and, and, and uh, skateboard and snowboard culture realized that they had a certain thread in common, which was rebellion. Absolutely. Don't try to put us in a box. We love adrenaline. We love vibes. You're part of our, our tribe, which at this time, any of those four elements that I mentioned were not viewed as popular culture like they are now. It was almost like a instant certification if someone said hey I skate yeah I skate too we're bonded I rap I rap too there's a bond there Um, and that's just kind of how it came together we always thought that our music um, fit well with with I guess back then what would have been called action sports Um, and that energy just fit well and ended up getting like you said a a lot of place and we were very very thankful and very lucky for that but at the same time we celebrated those those kinds of sports cultures as well and we're actually parts of it so yeah super fun yeah because I I look back and that's so much part of what I felt at that time and everyone I seen grow up around that generation it was very much an identity thing right Mm. so I listen to this I do that uh, whatever category whether it be hip-hop or snowboarding or action sports uh, it was cool because it it felt like we knew a secret no one else did exactly great way to put it yeah so uh, do you do you think now like I'm just interested in your perspective on that and music because for me back then that's how we found out about music we walk into a physical store hear that playing on the video and, and then slowly but surely it would organically grow i tell him physically right so now obviously with the internet everything's sure. blowing up pretty quickly yeah. um you know this is not nothing new but i'm just now that we're talking about polar opposites then and now what what's the biggest difference you see now uh you know, as an artist, as far as spreading, you know, creatively new music or how Well, trends. I mean, I have a, a few different views on it, but let's be totally honest. More people are talking more frequently and in maybe smaller increments, but in more volume right. than ever before. So mm-hmm. uh, as much as you can keep yourself in that loop of conversation. Right. The loop gets longer and, and more oval as it sort of uh, seems to transcend. But um, the trick, I think, these days is to be able to insert yourself at certain points in that conversation loop to s- make sure that your name is always being mentioned. Right. The same, it, it, it's the same, it's just that the medium is much different. Absolutely. 
Uh, so now you guys are on a big tour, um, traveling quite a bit, I imagine. I'm just curious, life on the road, what's that like? And um, you know, where do you where do you find time to relax, and how do you do that if you're gone from home all the time? Speaking from, so you're, you're, I'm assuming you're on the road. You know, you you're going on a trip after this. You know, where do you find time to relax, and is it easy to do that when you're not in your element? You're always in a different kind of location, hotel or whichever. Yeah, well, look, tour life is is the complete antithesis of home life. Right. Um, and when I say home life, my home life is different than most people's home lives. I don't I don't mean family right. and all that stuff as far as kids and, mm -hmm. and wife and all that jazz. But um, you know, I'm used to going to bed at 10 and waking up at 6 as opposed to going on stage at 12 and getting back to the hotel at 3.30 to wake up at 9 to get back in the vehicle, right? So it's just a bit of a switch. Um, but I dig it. Man, look, yeah. whether we're touring in this beautiful country that we're lucky enough to call home or we're traveling through the States or Europe or Australia, wherever we're lucky enough to go, I dig the travel aspect of it. We've been a group for a long time, so we also can read each other's energy. Sometimes there's days where yeah. everyone wants to go for dinner together. Sometimes there's days where someone wants to walk this direction, the other person wants to drive this direction and see on stage, yeah. right? We, right? I think that's why we've been a group for so long, too, is we're yeah. sensitive and aware of that. Um, but for me, this tour has been especially rewarding because my nephew's on the road with us. Very right? cool. So he does a solo thing, goes by NEPH, N -E -P -H, and then he and I have a group called Alpha Omega. So we've been doing the Swole, Nef opens, we do the Swollen set about halfway through, I bring Nef back up, we do three Alpha Omega songs, cool. and then finish with the Swollen stuff. So it's been cool for me to see the road, maybe I guess again, through the through his lens yeah. for the first time. Right. right. He hasn't been this far out in Canada yet, so yeah. we kind of always hit Montreal, and that's about as far east as Alpha Omega has gone yeah. yet, so it's been cool for him to see. Very cool. Different cultures. And so now, what what can you expect at one of your shows? Now, I'm, it's exciting because I hear different types of energy, especially you seeing uh, um, kind of that newfound light in, in performing. But you guys are also known for your live performances. I've seen mm. you guys way back. Um, has that changed for you guys? Is, or I guess. No, oh, I, look, I, I'm still crowd surfing. That's awesome. Matt's still <laughs> jumping up and down, yeah. thrashing his head around. We're still spitting, kicking, drinking. Good. You know, grabbing people by the nape of the neck, <laughs> looking them in the eye, freestyling, getting rowdy. Nice. It's so important to us. Right. Right. It's it's become our our brand. It's part of our brand, I should say, is to give reciprocated energy to the crowd and sometimes you have to give the crowd a little something to right. chomp onto as well so they can yeah. start giving it back. Once that circle starts moving, man, it's unstoppable. Yeah, that's awesome. Right. And it's appreciated too, I can tell. Right. Right. Uh, so what's next for you guys? What's in the future? We're on tour right now, of course, but new music, anything kind of in the, in the pipeline? Yeah, so we've done, um, let's see, we did a song with Wonder Girl okay. uh, for a Samsung installation, so. Cool. Uh, I'll leave it at that, but when it launches, it'll be quite noticeable, I hope, nice. on that um, social media loop right. that we were talking yeah, yeah. about. <laughs> um, uh, we just shot a video at YouTube Very Studios cool. in Toronto, which was awesome. Um, and so now we're back in the studio when I get back from my trip. Uh, we'll be in the studio December, January, finishing the next Swollen album. Okay. Haven't named it or anything like that, but just getting the beats together, get back in the okay. studio and create some magic. Is there a timeline, any, any idea when that would come out or a goal? Or Yeah, if we're doing it December, January, I think that we would like to have it out around June, enough time to 
have a couple songs that we can cherry pick from the album to get to the European Outdoor Festival buyers for the summer. Because yeah. um, that's always a fun thing for us. And we seem to revisit that about every three years where we get a chance to get out there and yeah. rock for a month on stage out awesome. in front of big crowds. So always awesome. good. So that's kind of the game plan there. Prevail. Thank you so much, bro. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Check out Swole members all over the internet. Their music. Love you guys. Thanks, guys. Cheers, guys.